traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Uh, It's okay to be sick of this war. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. War should only be fought if it's absolutely and positively necessary. And this was not necessary. This is... Hey, and is there any way out? Well, maybe, maybe. I just heard from uh, President Zelensky himself that um, I didn't hear from him personally, but he's saying that they will remain neutral. They're not going to join NATO anytime soon. That was apparently a big grievance of of Russia in all of this. They were threatened by NATO, really threatened and spooked by NATO expansion. They see Ukraine not as its own country, but as um, kind of a junior province, and it's just, uh, I would love it if this thing ends. Please, please, please. Um, and we also have this uh, horrible news out of Ukraine uh, for all the people involved, so many civilians, but a Fox News cameraman was killed in an attack that injured one of the network's top correspondents. So I'm reading from the New York Post. Cameraman Pierre Zagzersky, I hope that's his name. Uh, the pronunciation is uh, it's 55 years old with the Fox correspondent at Benjamin Hall when their vehicle came under fire on Monday in Harenka, a northwest suburb of Kiev. Um, and the president of Fox reads, today is a heartbreaking day for Fox News Media, and for all the journalists risking their lives to deliver the news. I was a seasoned conflict photographer, having worked, Pierre was, for Fox in Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. He was profoundly committed to telling the story, and his bravery, professionalism, and work ethic were renowned among journalists at every media outlet. He was wildly popular. Everyone in the media industry who has covered a foreign story knew and respected Pierre. Scott wrote that he helped Afghans who worked for Fox News during the U.S. military campaign in Afghanistan to escape the country after the Taliban overran the American-backed government in the weeks leading up to the troop withdrawal. Last year, he played a key role in getting our Afghan freelance associates and their families out of the country after the U.S. withdrawal. His death comes a day after award-winning journalist and former New York Times contributor Brent Renault, 51 years old, was killed by Russian forces near Kiev while sitting in his vehicle after passing through a checkpoint. Um, and others were very seriously wounded, we're, 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 we're learning. And that is um, the worst news, the worst possible news. Um and the onslaught continues. Um, this is cut, uh, cut 30, if you don't mind, please. And there's more of that. There's more of that. 
And so much of this uh, is available on social media. I feel terrible, by the way. I was um, somewhat critical of some of the reporting that I had seen. I should have cut them some slack. You know, I come from a I come from a military background. I spent a lot of time in uh, in the Marine Corps. Uh, I've seen combat as a journalist myself. I was embedded with the troops, and um, uh, death is no stranger to me, unfortunately. And uh, sometimes I can be less than sensitive, quite frankly, uh, about the risks that are present in such a situation. I took a lot of them myself. Some of them are foolish, were foolish. Uh, Some I would not take today. Um, So I, I just, my heart breaks right now for these guys over there and for everybody else. I, it's, you know, sometimes you watch this stuff. It looks like a great big TV show, you know, just a, a drama playing out on your phone or on your flat screen. Uh, it's not. It's 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 real life. Of course, we know that. We know that intellectually. Sometimes we don't know it in our in our heart, in our gut. It's just uh, it looks like another news story. Just another, you know, more chaos overseas. I have a feeling this uh, announcement from Mr. Zelensky is critical. I think it's, I hope that they will seize on this and could peace be at hand? It's, I don't, I don't know. Um, Russia is testing the world's confidence in the United States. That from General McKenzie right now. General McKenzie, Russia is testing the world's confidence in the United States. It's an interesting way to put it. By the way, you know that three European leaders are heading to the middle of all this. I've heard of um, talks being held, you know, in Paris during Vietnam. I mean, way a world away from the violence. These guys are going to Kiev. The prime ministers of the Czech Republic, Poland, and Slovenia plan to express the European Union's unequivocal support for Ukraine. I'm looking at the New York Times right now. Blasts shook the Ukrainian capital before dawn, killing at least four people, the mayor said. Wow. And Zelensky just spoke to to Canada's parliament. He urged its members to support his call for a no-fly zone over Ukraine, asking them to imagine cities like Vancouver or Toronto being attacked and calling for intensifying sanctions in the face of Russian aggression. Mr. Zelensky called the invasion of Ukraine a war to annihilate his country, repeatedly addressing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada as Justin. He called on Mr. Trudeau to imagine Vancouver being under siege, to imagine Toronto's famous CN Tower being hit by Russian bombs, to imagine children being killed and kindergartens being bombarded. That's uh, that's quite an image. What would you do? What would we do? Uh, <laughs> now, what can you do? If we have a no-fly zone, essentially, Marco Rubio said that's like World War III. It's tantamount to World War III. You have to engage air targets. You have to engage ground targets. You would be fighting. NATO forces would be fighting Russian forces. And that sounds an in Europe. 
that sounds like World War Three. And oh, by the way, as Putin runs out of options, seemingly, I wish we had a better picture of really what was happening on the battlefield, looking, trying to find out. I know it looks great on, on social media sometimes. They emphasize the victories, but it's like looking at the universe through a straw. What is happening? They talk about the fog of war. That is a real thing. The confusion on the battlefield. What are we hearing? What are we seeing? What are we not seeing? What are we not hearing? False assumptions, the true assumptions, um, misinformation is a real thing. Disinformation is a real thing. But it's worth reminding people that this would not be happening. 62% of the American people believe that this would not be happening if Donald Trump were in the White House. And it makes total sense. So much of this is just not a paper exercise. It's sizing up human beings. It's, it's, it's a primal contest at times. Cut 35, if you don't mind. This is Donald Trump from uh, Saturday night. These words still apply. Joe Biden failed to deter Russia's outrageous invasion of Ukraine. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together, and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done in just 13 months. <laughs> Who's going to argue with him, huh? Cut 36. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is a terrible atrocity that should never have been allowed to happen. It would have never happened. I know I speak for everyone here tonight when I say we are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. They are going through hell. They are fighters and God bless them all. As well as the uh, people of Ukraine. And those who have gone to join the fight, there are plenty of Americans, plenty of people from all over the world joining the Georgia Foreign Legion. And yes, the reporters, the correspondents, the producers, the cameramen, the fixers, those who were uh, their support teams um, going to a war zone. You know, no matter where you are, that entails risk. And that's not what most people sign up for. If they don't join the military, you join up. You join up to see the world and tell stories, and but to incur that kind of risk, lethality, to be exposed to it—that's um, that's not automatic by any means. So that makes one who decides to do that heroic. And what is a hero? Um, a, a hero, I believe, is. It's not just somebody who saves a life or does something brave because some people, it's their job to do those things. I guess some, I've, I've thought about this, you know, somebody, and you hear people say, I'm not a hero here. Somebody just saved a life. Oh, I'm not a hero. It's an interesting question. Why wouldn't you be a hero? I think a firefighter or a policeman, they're a hero the day they join the police department because they don't have to do that, right? That's a kind of a heroic decision. Because you know you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to do something, expose yourself to risk. And then, um, but once you have that responsibility, you can't choose not to do it. What am I trying to say here? 
A hero is someone who does something amazing for someone else when the alternative is perfectly honorable. So I served in the military, and one night I had to take off on a mission I did not want to do. <laughs> now, what if I decided to take the day off, take the night off? I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna park the jet and get out. And that person, I don't think that's. The, I didn't make that decision. I went ahead and did it. That does not make me a hero, though, does it? I was doing my job. And that's a job that I signed up for knowing that it entails life and death risk. So not flying would not have been, that would not have been acceptable. <laughs> that would not have been uh, honorable. Make, taking that mission didn't make me a hero. Not doing it would have made me less than honorable, I think. So those who opt to go there when they don't have to, that is Inherently heroic, in my opinion. Now it is. I had to give that some thought and reevaluate and think a little deeper than the second by second news drama would have us <laughs> commit to doing, you know? Everything happens so fast, and sometimes we can all, me especially, be pretty pretty thoughtless and pretty cavalier. Um, we'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, we're back, and uh, Novi is on the phone. Novi from Manhattan. Hi, Novi. What's going on? Novi, right? Yeah, how you doing? Um, yeah, it's Novi, N-O-V-I. Um, actually, uh, Professor Angle from uh, NYU. And I would just like you to know that uh, you can become a hero and WNBC can become heroic. You need to put out a billion dollars to every Russian, to every Italian, to everybody in the world. Uh, uh, hey. a, a billion dollars on the head of Putin. So wait a second. Now let me ask you something. You're a professor. Yes, sir. How do you spell your last name? Well, my, you said no you said it. N O V I, Professor Angle. G A N. G A what? No, A N G L E. A N G L E. No, Novi Angle. Let me see here. Uh, you're not coming up right away. Uh, I don't see this. I don't see any uh, information about you. N-O-V-I-A-N-G-L-E. And you said you're a professor. Well, look, you announced that you're a professor. Um, I Google it. Usually that would come right up. CCNY comes up. Uh, Ivana, some guy named Igor, who's a graphic designer, comes up. Um, You know, look, anybody's welcome to call, but you said you're a professor and – uh, you, you you gave me your name, and I, I don't see any Professor Novi Angle at NYU. Is that really you? Are you professing something when you're on the radio talking about what the solution to this? Wait, turn them up. I can't hear them. You want Wait. a solution to this war? Yeah, I know. I, you're going to put a billion dollars on the head of somebody. That's not a practical I'm, solution. I'm Professor, I'll get back to you on that one. Thank you. Tony is on the phone from Brooklyn. Uh, hi there. 
this is the first time I'm, I'm actually speaking to you. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a professor. I was in law enforcement for twenty. years. I don't think so. that guy was either, to be honest. But keep going. But here's the deal. I think that every single Republican that's worth their grain of salt should be demanding that this individual who's in the White House should stop everything and open up every single one of our uh, our means to produce our own energy and then call our allies in Europe and tell them, listen, while this is going on in Ukraine, you're no longer going to need Russia. You're no, no longer going to need Saudi Arabia. Get your negotiators that are supposedly trying to work out a deal with Iran and send them home with no other explanation to the world. And then you cripple, you cripple Putin because while this is going on, he's selling thousands and thousands and thousands of barrels of oil to the rest of Europe. It was a miracle that Biden stopped us from getting oil from them. But now the rest of the world is still making this guy rich. And I don't care what kind of delays his convoy has. He's going to go in there and he's going to he's going to rip apart Ukraine. So the only way that you can stop this without without shooting one bullet is to cripple him. And the only way you cripple him is to get him where he breeds and where he breeds is energy, his oil and his national uh, his natural gas. Hey, you must have been watching Trump's rally uh, the other night. He said much the same thing that you're talking about. Or if you didn't watch it. You're on the same page. He's talking about that very thing. I think no, the problem is, hey, there's always problems. There's always complications. But uh, there's a time crunch. I don't know if they're ready to wean themselves. I mean, would, would Europe go dark? But if we turned on all that stuff, I, I, I fear it would take a long time. But it should all happen, Tony. Tony, I like it. You're pretty smart. How'd you get so smart? How long can it take? Well, well, three and a half years of college, but then again, when you've been around the block as many now, times. Now, why the hell would you blow off the last semester? All right? Three and a half years. You have four months from graduate. You know how long those semesters are. Those semesters are like they're like three, three months long, tops, weekends, vacations, all that stuff. What school was this? I went to Hunter for like uh, three years, uh, two and a half years, and then I went to the new school. Now, why would you transfer? That's what I hear that all the time. People transfer for the perfect college experience. There is no perfect college experience. Get the diploma and get the hell out. That's what you should do with college. Anyway, I don't mean to scold you, uh, although it sounded that way. I mean, uh, all right. So uh, you didn't graduate from college. I'm sorry. You're not eligible to call again. Only college graduates. Tony, I'm only kidding. No, it was, no, it was back in it was back in uh, like seventy six, seventy five, like that. And I wanted to teach. And then back then, if if you recall, back then, uh, you know, that was the major hit in the teaching. So I wound up leaving that and uh, banged around for a little bit. And then I decided let's have a career in law enforcement. And I spent twenty years doing that. All right. And uh, I All retired right. almost twenty right. years. Well, Tony, congratulations. Sounds like a life well lived. Totally. Um, all right. I will be. Uh, what is the food situation today? John Katzmatidis always has a delightful food situation. I came in through the other way. I don't know. A variety of cereals, fruits, vegetables, even. I'll be right back. Oops. Wait, wait. What? what what's that? All right. Before we go to the commercial break. I have to reiterate that you can find me every night at 7 p.m. on Newsmax. 
Newsmax television. Uh, if you don't get it, call your cable provider. It's uh, Sometimes it's a hassle. Sometimes I'll give you the runaround. If you can't get it on your cable system, go ahead and download the app. It's free. And unlike a lot of other networks, they want uh, your Social Security number. They want this. They want that. They want you know $1.50 from you a month for the next 10 years. We don't do any of that. It's a free app. And you can be watching my show in about three seconds. So download the app or tune in live tonight at 7 p.m. Now I shall return. Tuesday at 4.15, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Mark Stein. The most popular media figure in the Commonwealth. He's always mistakenly British, but he's really a Canuck. America's undocumented anchorman. That's Mark Stein. Every Tuesday at 4.15 with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC. Deep within you is the need to do some spring cleaning. But Brian, I have good news for you. All you have to do is point. When our truck pulls up in front of your house, it's time to start dancing. The air is about to smell cleaner. The house is about to look bigger. You're going to be sexier. And everyone is going to clap and cheer. We make junk disappear. We're the people with the clean, shiny trucks that make everyone happy. And that's why they all start dancing. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.COM. Hey, folks, Sid here from Bernie and Sid in the morning. President Trump's big rally happened this past Saturday in South Carolina. And only one major news network covered this rally live. Take a guess. That's right, Newsmax. I watch Newsmax all the time with great hosts like Grant Stinchfield, Greg Kelly, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Jen Pellegrino, Sean Spicer, and more. Millions are tuning into Newsmax. Even President Trump says, quote, Newsmax is really good. With so much happening in the Ukraine, the danger of a global war under Biden, and those exploding oils, you need to know what's going on. You need to join Newsmax's list and get the rally info, plus more about Trump and Biden. Join the Trump list. Just text the word media to 39747. That's media to 39747. And be among the first to know when Donald Trump makes his big announcement about 2024. Text media to 39747. I made the switch to Newsmax. So did Bernard. So should you start watching Newsmax today. So Fox News, CNN, and other major news outlets reported that inflation would shoot past 10% if Russia invades Ukraine. It happened. Russia is the third largest oil producer globally. When Trump left, oil was $40 a barrel. Today, it's over $100, and it could hit $120 to $150 a barrel. Biden also shut down the XL pipeline, which would have given us almost a million barrels a day. How does it feel every time you go to the pump or grocery store? What is this inflation doing to your retirement accounts? Call Monetary Gold and ask for the Greg Kelly special. They'll give you their protection guide free. Plus, they'll give you an extra $5,000 in free gold and silver for new qualified accounts. Call Monetary Gold at one 888 993-9332. That's one 
993-9332 or monetarygold.com. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, provides peace of mind knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for calm. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Biden was trying to intimidate him or seemingly unite the world. Putin doesn't seem to care. You know, we can do things to mitigate problems, help the humanitarian, but that's it. It is not World War III. That's why we don't have the no-fly zone. It is a still a local war. It's not America versus Russia. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC. To celebrate St. Patrick's Day, 77 WABC is giving away free limited edition 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day pins. Go to WABCRadio.com slash pin for your free limited edition 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day pin. Get yours today. Go to WABCRadio.com slash pin for your limited edition 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day collectible pin. Listen to your favorite shows live and on demand. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill today. Tell Alexa. Play 77 WABC. Jen Psaki um, has a lot in common with Baghdad Bob. Remember Baghdad Bob? He was like, no, no one's invading. Oh, let's go ahead and listen. This might be good. This is uh, she's engaging one of the reporters right now from the White House. Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Always, uh, always amusing. Sure. I would first note that President Biden is a junior, so uh, they may may have sanctioned his dad. May he rest in peace. Um, The second piece I would say is that won't surprise any of you uh, that none of us are planning uh, tourist trips to Russia. None of us have bank accounts that we won't be able to access, so we will forge ahead. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Um, following up on the drone question from Ouija, uh the Soviet-era drone that flew over three NATO member states on Friday and then crashed into Croatia, has it been determined whether that was a Russian drone or a Ukrainian drone? And how, how do you right. measure? I don't know. I don't know what drone it was. Did you hear about that? I did not. I did hear that they got the guy who was shooting homeless people all over the place, found him in Washington, D.C., and also, they got the guy, the MoMA stabber, the Museum of Modern Art. The guy, uh, what the hell was that all about? Fortunately, nobody died here. From the Post, the suspect in last weekend stabbing at the Museum of Modern Art was apprehended in Philadelphia early Tuesday. Gary Cabana, 60 years old, had been on the lam since the incident Saturday night. He was apprehended by Philadelphia police at 1.30 in the morning at a Greyhound bus station. Uh, they're extraditing him to New York. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, at 6 o'clock on Monday, Philadelphia cops contacted the NYPD around a possible sighting of this guy, Gary Cabana, 60 years old. After a fire earlier in the day at a Best Western, and the city was believed to have been set by this guy. Ay, ay, ay. Um, Gary, whose middle name is Joe on social media, very active on social media. New York cops had told Philly police that Cabana might be looking to get the bus 
to visit a relative. Now, what the hell happened at the museum? Reportedly, he says, I'm not a bad guy. I just snapped. Okay. Uh, To recap, he stabbed two people at the Museum of Modern Art. I guess he he was always acting up. (sighs) Read his Instagram. He's still promoting his Instagram. Everybody promotes their silly Instagram. After losing his job in January, Cabana was also charged with a criminal harassment complaint after sending threatening emails to a woman at the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees Office. Jeez. Oh, boy. I don't want to... A lot of pressure, a lot of stress out there. And what about the guy who was shooting, allegedly shooting the homeless people? They got him. I guess uh, they they were able to trace the gun. And uh, they think they got their man, a serial killer of homeless people. That's a tough one. That is a very, very tough one. Hey, by the way, you see people stepping forward like this guy, Alexei Goncharenko. Uh, He is a Ukrainian member of the parliament. It's like one of our members of Congress stepping up and saying, I'm no longer a congressman. I'm taking off my suit and tie and I'm putting on a uniform. That's what this guy Alexei did. Cut 46, please. My name is Alex Gonchirenko, member of the parliament of Ukraine. I'm staying in Kiev near a big residential building, which was hit this morning just three hours ago by direct uh, heavy artillery shell. And you see the place where it, uh, it happened. And uh, two people are killed, nine are injured. This is a big, big house with more than 100 apartments. In this place, up to 300 people lived before the war. And uh, we are just staying, you see, the completely residential area, 10 meters from here, stadium. There is a school. School is also damaged by heat wave. That's what is Putin doing. That's a genocide in the 21st century in the middle of Europe. Please help us to protect our women and children. Non-fly zone, aircraft, air defense. That's what we need to stop this mad dictator. Momentum seems to be building for a no-fly zone. Can't say for sure, but it seems to be going that way. There's a lot of support for that in Congress. But I'm really encouraged by... uh, What Zelensky said, we're not joining NATO. We're going to remain neutral. I think that's a big, big concession. Now, he's just spoke to the Canadian Parliament. Zelensky will speak to the United States Congress, a joint session tomorrow from a war zone. Has this ever happened before in the middle of a war? I don't think so. I remember, well, from the history books, MacArthur addressed a joint session of Congress uh, after he retired or got kicked out of the military, he was fired by Truman. I remember the astronauts, um, the Apollo 11 astronauts addressing a joint session of Congress after they got back from the moon, not not mid-mission. OK, uh, so this is, I believe, unprecedented. It will go over very well. He has a great deal of support. He seems to be everywhere at once. He is showing There are 14 leadership traits, by the way, 14 leadership traits. I know them hopefully by heart. I'm not reading anything, but I'm going to go through them with you right now. This is the 14 leadership traits as taught by the Marine Corps, and we're seeing a lot of them on display right now with Zelensky. Uh, Number one, unselfishness. Number two, loyalty. Number three, tact. 
knowing when to say the right thing, you know, when to criticize, when to praise, how to criticize. Um, knowledge. You have to know your stuff. Justice. Well, justice. Fairness. I call it, that's code for fairness, in my opinion. Judgment. You have to have superb judgment to be a superb leader. Um, integrity. Integrity. That's very, very important. I'm up to seven by that way now, and I'm totally freaked out. I may not get to. I may not get to fourteen. It's been a long time since I learned these. And do I exercise each one every single day? No way. And I wish I did. Oh boy. Oh boy. But I'm working on it. Okay. Where was I? Uh, integrity. Integrity. No, there's another one, right? Uh, just judgment. Integrity. Initiative. You got to take the initiative. You can't just sit around. Sometimes you got to take. Anyway, initiative is important. Uh, cheerfulness, morale. You can't. You can't be downbeat. You got to be. Uh, yeah, enthusiastic. You got to be enthusiastic in life. Too many dour people. A leader, a true leader, got to have some enthusiasm. It's true. It's contagious. It's contagious. Um, enthusiasm. Next, endurance, getting up earlier, staying up later, like Zelensky. He's all the, everywhere all the time. Endurance is very important. Decisiveness. Sometimes it's better to make the wrong decision immediately than make the right decision when it's too late. There's a re- it, That sounds reckless. It's not. At least if you decide wrong, you'll understand what is wrong, what doesn't work. That removes one of the options if you don't do too much damage along the way. Um, Dependability. Can they, you get a task, every leader has a boss, you know, can we depend on you? That's very important as well. And then, uh, let's see, there are two more. Courage. He's showing that every day, Zelensky. Courage. And bearing. Bearing, bearing, bearing. You got to look like a leader. Sometimes, if everything is going to hell and you look like you're in charge, that can be half the battle, actually. It's kind of strange, but it's true. All right. Shall I recap that? Was it two? T- Let me just see if I can do it real quick, okay? Because that was like, mm-mm-mm. uh, here we go. Count me, okay? You count. You count. All right. One, two, three, go. Unselfishness, loyalty, tact, knowledge, justice, judgment, integrity. Initiative, enthusiasm, endurance, dependability, decisiveness, courage, and bearing. That's 14. Oh, phew. All right. Thank you. Was that helpful to anybody? Probably not. But um, you got to be – we were indoctrinated in the Marine Corps, and I'm very, very grateful for that experience. And sometimes, yeah, it does make me a little bit uh, – gosh, you know, look, there are things that we feared – in the Marine Corps, more than death, believe it or not. It was kind of a – it changes you. It changes you. You fear failure, actually, sometimes more than death. Very – and I'm not saying that's necessary. That's a good thing. Okay, Megan in New York. Megan is in New York somewhere. Hi, Megan. Hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? Fine. What's going on? Where are you? I am a fan. Um, I have my five kids with me in the car. We are driving, and we just, you know, want to say what a great job you're doing. We just listened to that. 14 points for the uh, Marines, and it definitely stuck with my oldest son, Freddie. He's 11. He's the leader. I have four boys, one girl. And um, 
obviously the Ukraine is on my mind, but particularly uh, Putin's mental state. What do you think? I think he's nuts. But in the meantime, do you mind if I talk to Freddie? Yes, Freddie's here. All right, oh put my him gosh, on. He's put him on. So happy. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Freddie. Where's your mom taking you guys? We're going to see Grandma and Grandpa. We're going to see my Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, that's very beautiful. Isn't it a school day? What's up with school? Um, I go to a private school, so they had the, the, we got let out early because they had some meeting or something. All right. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, Who else is in the car? Uh, I got a lot of brothers. Okay. I'm a big fan. Do you want to talk to Jack? Uh, Do we want to talk to Jack? Just for a second, real quick. Yeah, why not? Thank you. Say hi, Jack. Hi. Hey, Jack, what's the situation uh, in the car right now? Where are you guys, and what kind of car is it? It's a Chevy Traverse. Man, you really know your cars. I had no idea at your age. I just take it you're under the age of 11, what the hell I was in. Uh, good for you, and uh, sounds like you got a great mom. Um, where's your dad right now? She's uh, an attorney. He's working all the time. Who's this? Oh, this is the mom. I wasn't done talking to the other kid. It's okay. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. kidding. So, look, it's... You want to talk to Grace? No, no, no. Oh, Grace. Grace, That's the name? Grace Kelly? No, I can't. I can't. I can't. can't. So, give her her my best. Anyway, listen, I I think Putin's nuts. I think you're great driving everybody, taking them to see Grandma and Grandpa, and that's beautiful. Anything else you want to say? I'm a big fan of your dad's, too. I'm a Manhattan grad. So um, I love that they made a building after him. Isn't that great? Oh, my gosh. I was so impressed when I saw it the last time. Hey, can I just ask you this? Five kids. That's a lot of kids. Five kids in nine years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, wow. I know. It's, just, it's amazing. How old were you when you first started? How old were you when you had the first one? 27. And uh, nine years. So that takes us to thir- 36. Well done. Uh, Plus one, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's so, very beautiful. You make this country go round. Five kids all in the car right now. They're all in the car right now. Oh man, drive carefully. I I, I feel badly talking to you. I, I, drive carefully. Both hands on the wheel. <laughs> we're on the side. We're on a, a a local road, so we're good. Okay, but we're that, hands free. That's beautiful, Megan. Megan, I appreciate it. Uh, Manhattan College, all the way, all that stuff. Say hi to Jack and Grace and everybody else. So good to hear from you. Okay. Say goodbye. bye guys thank you for calling up the radio station how nice was that who knew right five kids in a car you know i just this morning tweeted that this is my preferred way of traveling calling my mom from a payphone and having her show up because i ordered an uber and it's the most stressful process in the world first of all it's got to figure out where the car is it wants to delegate or you know dispatch to pick me up, right? The computer has to figure that out. Then it picks some car, and it, you watch this little matchbox, and he, you know, he turns around inexplicably, and he's going the wrong way, and then he stops, and then he shoots down ten blocks like in a half second, and then then you got to play the whole game. Is this the car? Is this the car? Is this the car? It's very very stressful. I'd rather stick my hand up and wave down a yellow cab. And by the way, a lot of people don't even know this. New Yorkers, they don't know how to tell if a cab is available. It's got to have the light on in the middle. Although I notice nobody, no cab drivers do the off-duty sign anymore. It's either the light on or off. If it's off, it means somebody's in the car or he doesn't want to be bothered. If it's on, that means he's available. The light on the top. 
I've seen a lot of people get really offended. Not much lately because they don't do the off-duty thing anymore. I would say off-duty, but the guy sees the light is on and they wave a cab and they think it's something personal. They take it very, very personal. And speaking of which, today, 50 years ago today, The Godfather was released. And what an amazing film. Do we have some Godfather music, perhaps? Go see if you can find some. One of the greatest movies ever made. I also have a theory about that. One of the reasons why it's such a cultural um, touchstone. Is that the right word? It's because we all saw it. Everybody has seen The Godfather. Now, we don't have movies like that anymore. We do not have movies like that anymore. Now, why did we all see The Godfather? If you didn't see it in the movie theater, you saw it a couple of years later on TV. Remember ABC, a special television event, The Godfather, which with minimal commercial interruption. It was such a big deal, and it was so exciting, and we got to watch The Godfather and stay up late on a Sunday night, and everybody saw Half the country would stop and watch The Godfather. That's not happening anymore. That's not happening for... uh, Who's big right now? Vanessa Hudgens, whatever she does, and all that stuff. It's just not done. If you go to my Twitter, by the way, at Greg Kelly USA, a few years ago I did some stories and I'm still proud of. I went to the house on Staten Island where The Godfather was actually uh, filmed, the Corleone family, where they lived. Well, that's a house on Staten Island on Longfellow Avenue. I found it. I met the family who lived there. They lived there back in the early 70s. It was the same family. And they let me in, and I feel there's a Norton family, by the way, great people. I think they invented spackle, believe it or not. They invented spackle, and they were very, very nice. And they had all these artifacts from the movie, and stories, and pictures, and you know the the wall, the the wall, um, that's all fake. It's all styrofoam and fake, and they got big chunks of it. Check it out at Greg Kelly USA at Greg Kelly USA. Let me know your favorite Godfather scenario, your favorite line. There are some obscure ones. I'm not talking about leave the gun, take the cannoli. The more obscure ones, if you think of any. Give me a call. I'll be right back. Um... I can't tell if this is the legit theme of The Godfather. It sounds like Zamfir got together with his band and made a cover version. Let me hear this. Hold on. I'll know it. You got to go to the movie itself. I think it sounds different. It's close. 50 years ago today, this movie uh, opened. Oh, something to remember about The Godfather also. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola was a very young guy. He was in his early 30s. He was directing the movie. So he gets assigned to direct that movie shortly after the book comes out. The book became a mega, ultra bestseller. But when he signed the agreement to do the movie, it wasn't yet a mega, ultra bestseller. So when the book explodes, it is it seems like inappropriate to have such a junior, inexperienced director like Francis Ford Coppola directing this mega project. And... They almost fired him even before production started. Once production started, they wanted to fire him every single day. You can ask him this. It was the most mis- one of the most miserable experiences he's ever had was making The Godfather, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. You know, he's making a masterpiece. 
and he's miserable and he's afraid for his job every single day. And his secretary was telling him, if you're going to quit, don't quit. I forgot if it was don't quit on a Monday or don't quit on a Friday or one or the other because she's like, if you quit on Wednesday, you get paid for the week. So keep that in mind, you know, hint, hint. Even she knew he was probably going to go. Now, it turned for him when they saw what they called the dailies, uh, the footage that was shot that day. When he filmed the scene with Salazzo and the police captain up at the restaurant, was it called Mario's? What was the name of the restaurant? I can't remember. I think, I don't know. Try the veal, the best in the city. And after that scene, they thought, okay, this Francis Ford Coppola guy actually knows what he's doing when it comes to directing. So we're going to, uh, we're going to keep him. We're not going to fire him. And the rest is history. Then Godfather 2, they say, was even better than Godfather 1. I never really understood that until recently. I started watching Godfather Part 2, and boy, oh boy, do I enjoy it. Oh, let me tell you this, guys. Um, This just came in from Donald Trump. Breaking news. Russia just sanctioned Joe Biden. While that is a terrible thing in so many ways, perhaps it will now be explained why the Biden family received $3.5 million from the very wealthy former mayor of Moscow's wife. During our presidential debate, moderator Chris Wallace, then of Fox, would not let me ask that question. He said it was inappropriate. Perhaps that's why Biden has been so slow on the draw with Russia. This is a really bad conflict of interest that will, perhaps now, Be fully and finally revealed. I was revealing that last night myself. His hands are tied in the weirdest way, Joe Biden. He did get that money. The Biden family did from the mayor of Moscow. We know about the money that Hunter got from Burisma, Ukraine company. This guy is incredibly, incredibly conflicted. And everybody knows it. Everybody. If the American media don't know it or won't acknowledge it, you know who's not afraid to? Zelensky. Putin, those guys know. Oh, do those guys know. Uh, real quick, Peter in New Jersey. Yes, sir. Hey, Craig, how you doing? Good. Hey, uh, here's the Godfather one. Don Finucci gets mugged in the alleyway by the Ninth Street Gang. That's how he got his scar. I remember something about the Ninth Street Gang. Very good, Peter. Very, very good. Are you old enough to have seen that movie in the movie theater? Yes, I am. All right, Peter. Thank you very, very much. Good line. Good line. Hey, Tom, you got one? Tom's in Manhattan. Hello. Yeah, Greg, you asked for an obscure line from The Godfather. I have one. Yeah. Uh, When the police captain, right before he punches Michael Cotillion in front of the hospital, he says, I thought I got all you guinea hoods locked up. That's pretty good. I don't know if it's that obscure, though. That's one of the good ones. You're right. That is, uh, that's a good one. I thought I got all you guinea hoods locked up. Is that it? I, I, I never heard anyone say it. Yeah, I guess it's not the most quoted line. Very good. Very good. How about when Waltz, uh, Waltz calls him, he finds out he's German-Irish, and he says, well, listen up, my Mick Kraut friend. He goes from anti-Italian slurs to anti-German, anti-Irish slurs like that. Because Waltz is a man who will not be made to look ridiculous. A man in his position cannot be made to look ridiculous. Now you get the hell out of here. And I'm no band leader. Yeah, I heard that story. Great stuff. Oh, great, great stuff. I'm going to watch it tonight and fall asleep. <laughs> it, it is a little... 
as much as I love it, it is arguably rather slow, right? It is a little bit slow. Anyway, it's perfect. Be right back. Russia intensifying attacks on civilians in Kiev. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I want it to stop. I want it to stop. Um, Russian strike residential and commercial areas in Kiev. This is perhaps stiffening the resolve of of the Ukrainian people. Actually, I from what I'm hearing, I almost know it is. Not there on the ground and major credit to those who are the Ukrainians themselves, their their partners, the Americans who have gone over there to help fight, and also the correspondents, producers, and cameramen who have been subject to incredible risk and uh, some unfair criticism from me. And now we have uh, one of the cameramen for Fox killed. Uh, His name was Pierre. He was working with Benjamin Hall was said to be hospitalized at this point. Fox News confirming this information. And um, again, sometimes you're watching on TV. It looks like it's a, it's all a game. It's all, it's all on television. It's all in your phone. It's, it's all going to be over by the commercial break. It's all going to be over next week. It's all someone else. It's all, it's not a game. It's not a game. Biden to attend NATO summit on Ukraine next Thursday in Brussels. Okay. Keep an eye on Tom Cotton. He is one of the smartest guys about all this. Smartest guys. Republican uh, from Arkansas, United States Senator, war veteran. Keep hearing about the consequences that Russia will face if they dare use chemical weapons or nuclear weapons, chemical weapons. Uh, You would think perhaps, look... And I actually, I guess I'm okay. What do you do? How do you spell that out? Do you say everything you will do? No. If anything, maybe the Biden administration has said too much. They said, what did they say? They said, we are not going to fight. <laughs> we will not fight on the ground in Ukraine. That seems like something they should not have said, right? It just seems very, very um, premature. You want to keep them guessing. Uh, what do they call it? Strategic ambiguity. Strategic ambiguity. That is important. Gowntown, Russia has 14 days to break Ukrainian resistance before the tide turns. I'd like to read you this item uh, by way of the Daily Mail, New York Post. Russian troops facing fierce opposition by Ukrainian forces may only be able to sustain their onslaught for another 10 days to two weeks before their situation deteriorates due to dwindling equipment and manpower, according to a new report Tuesday. The Daily Mail, citing defense sources in the United Kingdom, reported that Ukraine's defenders have the Russian army on the run and predicted that the strength of Ukraine's resistance should become greater than Russia's attacking force in a matter of days. Despite Western predictions before the war that the Russian army would quickly overrun Ukraine, Moscow has only managed to capture one major city since the invasion began on February 24th. A United States defense official said Monday the Ukrainians have effectively struck at the Russian logistics and sustainment capabilities. As we've said all along, they've been quite creative here, the official told reporters. They've not simply 
They're not simply going after combat capability, tanks and armored vehicles and shooting down aircraft. Although they're doing all that, they are also deliberately trying to impede and prevent the Russians' ability to sustain themselves. This is the whole thing. Invading a country, um, (laughs) defending it, defending it. The moral authority is with the defenders here. It's kind of did us in in Iraq, by the way. Not that we lacked moral courage or anything like that. and We're good people. But we went all the way around the world to invade the wrong country, invade the wrong country that did not attack us, that did not have weapons of mass destruction, did not have an active weapons of mass destruction program. By the way, I remember vividly going into Baghdad. By the time we got to Baghdad, four of the reporters that I left Kuwait with, we all left on the bus, were dead. Four of them. Can you imagine that? Four. And quite frankly, barely anybody. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to have to call off the war. Are you kidding? David Bloom just died. David Bloom was a hot shot, great NBC news correspondent. He died of, I believe, some sort of aneurysm. Uh, it was technically, did they say it was natural causes? It never would have happened had he not been in Iraq. It was exacerbated by, I guess he was sitting in this vehicle called the Bloom machine, the Bloom mobile, and his legs were all cramped up. And uh, he died before we got to Baghdad. So did Christian Leibig, and I believe his name was Mr. Parada, Julio Parada, two journalists, uh, one from Focus Magazine, one I think from El Mundo, killed by a direct attack on our base of operations, our tactical operations center. And then Michael Kelly, Michael Kelly of the Atlantic Monthly. Uh, At the time, I believe he was reporting for the Atlantic. I saw him maybe two days before he died. Guy was cool under fire. The guy was one cool dude. What happened was, what's said to have happened, he was in a vehicle at night. The vehicle in front of his started taking fire or, well, everybody was taking fire and they crept up to take cover behind the tank that was in front of him or some sort of armored vehicle. His Humvee toppled over into a irrigation ditch and they drowned. Horrible stuff. All that happened before we got to Baghdad. I think we had 15 reporters with us, and four were dead by the time we got to Baghdad. It was um, it was quite a time. It was uh, – I couldn't believe it, quite frankly. I was like uh, – when I got there, I thought, this is going to be over in 10 minutes. There's no way. There's just no way. We're not going to get to see anything. We're reporters. I know the military. They're not going to show us anything. This is not going to happen. This is all unnecessary anyway. Why the hell do we have to do this? Anyway, we did it. I guess the big uh, – Unknown here is Putin himself. What is he thinking? What is he doing? Nobody seems to know. And we mentioned uh, yesterday he's got very mediocre people around him. That's on purpose. He doesn't want anyone. He doesn't want anyone challenging him. He doesn't want anyone trying to take away his power. And who does that? Clever people, clever, smart people. So you stop that from happening. Anyway, uh, here's Putin acting a little bit weird. Cut 31. There he is. Publicly shutting down his intel chief. Oh, uh oh, shoot! I think it's in Russian, and that's not going to work on radio. Is it in Russian? Do ahead. Cut thirty-one, please. Поддерживаю предложение вхождения Донецкой и Луганской Let me interpret. Let me interpret. Мы об этом мы об этом не говорим. Мы этого не обсуждаем. Мы говорим. Мы говорим. All right, turn it off. Let me give you the gist of it, because <laughs> I don't speak Russian, but I did see a translation. 
the intel chief is trying to say there is a way out of this diplomatically, and uh, Putin is having none of it. Oh, yeah? You really think it's an independent country? You think we should do that? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Sit down. Sit down. That's enough, uh, Yuri. We've heard enough from you. And he did that publicly. And uh, do we see that? Do we see that guy anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. In the meantime, is Microsoft still doing business in Russia? I heard they were one of the last companies to kind of uh, shut down, and they haven't totally shut down. You can still play Xbox if you live in Moscow, and they have ways of turning that off. Microsoft is now one of the wokest companies in the world. But all these companies that profess to be so woke, that profess to be so outraged about the so-called don't-say-gay bill in Florida, which is... Totally mild and reasonable legislation. Everybody's lying about it. And you have Disney weighing in. Why the hell? Just stay the hell out of it. And if you're going to get involved, don't misrepresent it. A lot of those companies still do businesses with, uh, still do business with countries like Afghanistan, with countries like Saudi Arabia, where more or less it is illegal to be gay. Illegal. Some countries, there are 65, 69 or so countries in the world where just being gay, you could get into big trouble up up to and including the death penalty. But our, our, our big business firms still do business over there, yet they're all over Florida. Cut 33, Microsoft. How's this for woke? Here is a... Here is the Microsoft team introducing its new Ignite software. I remember when the cast of Friends did this for Windows 95. I actually watched it. There are all kinds of politically incorrect jokes. They're making fun of everybody and everything. But we were adults, so we could run with it. We can roll with it. Now it's a whole new ball game. Cut 33, please. And welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial a people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. Is she making up those tribes? I never heard of any of those tribes. She didn't mention the Cherokees. That's the tribe I know. The Suquamish, the Musletoe. It's a lot of tribes. You see that? This is the new thing. You acknowledge the Native Americans I guess we don't have to do that here in Manhattan. You know why? We bought the land from them fair and square. In fact, we might have been ripped off. The Dutch paid them like, uh, what the hell was it, $500 or something like that in silver trinkets? I mean, the the Indians were smart enough. They knew that there was like uh, 3 trillion acres <laughs> just west of here that they had access to. No problem. Although somebody told me if they invested that $500 uh, in an interest-bearing account in 15, whenever, when the hell did that happen? In the 1600s, I think. Um, it would be worth like a billion dollars by now. Compounding interest, you know, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. But anyway, we bought this land fair and square. There was no fight for, uh, when I say we, and that's a little bit problematic. I agree. We, we, we. Who am I referring to? European settlers, Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't uh I didn't make that history. It just happened. History. 
That's the thing. They want to make everybody feel good about history or get some sort of, I don't know, what do they call it? I want to be ratified. I want to be, I want to be validated by history. I just want to know what happened. Just tell me what the hell happened. I don't need to be ratified by anything. I just want to know what happened. Now history has to be told in a way to make some people feel good, some people feel bad. And then you got to apologize and uh, no, 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 no. And I do feel, by the way, that reasonable, level-headed people are losing this fight. Because most of the weapons, proverb, you know, metaphorical weapons, are held by the left. Big tech, they are shaping the conversation. They are shaping it all. And they can they're 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 pulling all of our strings. These algorithms. These algorithms that they're in charge of, what we see, what we don't see, what we talk about, what we don't talk about. The left is in charge of all that. That's a little bit scary, actually. Robert in the Bronx, hello. I got two two good quotes for you from the Godfather. Yeah. Revenge is served best cold. And the second one, before Fredo shot on the boat, you can hear him as the last thing say, let's go, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, I don't think that a revenge is a dish best served cold was in The Godfather. Yeah, sure it is. When? Who said it? When? I don't remember who said it, but it's in there. I don't think it's in there. It's in there. Remember that sauce? It's in there. I don't think it's in there. I don't think it's in there. I, I mean, I'm familiar with the quote. I think it was Shakespeare, but I, or maybe it was Milton. I don't know who the hell said it first. I don't think it's in The Godfather. I could be wrong, Robert. I, uh, I could be. Anyway, thank you very much. Yes, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Can I get one more? Bernie in Staten Island, yes. My name is Bernie. I'm from Staten Island. There's a movie that's better than The Godfather. It was made in 1938. It's called Angels with Dirty Faces. It's a gangster movie. It's better than The Godfather. And people still talk about it. How dare you say that on this anniversary, the 50th anniversary, some crummy movie I never heard of. I don't like I'm not buying this, Bernie. It stars James Cameron. I heard you the first time. I don't care. I don't care. Angels with Dirty Faces. That's a made-up job on your part, isn't it? No, uh, I don't it. believe you, Bernie. I've never heard about this movie on the 50th. Let let the Godfather have have its day, okay? Bernie, what's with, your problem? Yeah, what's my problem? My problem is you're making up a movie that doesn't exist. Angels with Dirt. I'm only kidding. Maybe it does, and maybe I'll check it out. All right, I'm glad you put it on our radar. Angels with Dirty Faces featuring James Cagney. It's a mobster movie. Bernie from Staten Island likes it. How could we go wrong? I'll be right back. Start watching Newsmax today. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. The Greg Kelly Show. It's, I can't, we can't overstate this. An overwhelming majority of the American people understand, they know, they know. They know that if President Trump were still president, Russia would not have invaded Ukraine. 
62%. Why aren't I hearing more about that poll? That is a staggering number. Staggeringly high. 62%. Now, some polls can be faked. You can rig some polls. You can... This is this is a legit poll. This is the real deal. Uh, this is how people, they know it. They know it in their guts. Hey, have you seen that Trevor Noah guy? He's a liberal lunatic going on and on about how weak Joe Biden is. He's making fun of him. He's... Uh, he can't believe it was just I think I think the what do they call it? The, the straw that broke the camel's back. Speaking of camels, did you see the camels that went crazy at a petting zoo down south? They did. A camel went nuts at a petting zoo and killed a guy. Yikes. I used to love going to the petting zoo. There was one on Long Island called the Long Island Game Farm. And it was amazing. And I just wanted to hold the goat. You know, you want to hold the goat. Um, we love exotic animals. I always wanted a monkey when I was growing up, but we had a dog and then we had to, we had to give the dog away cause he bit people. And then we got another dog and that was a good dog. He bit some people, but the right people. And, uh, we kept him for a long time. How long do we have spike 14 years? Got him from the North shore animal league. And how much, how much, how much love and protection did we get from that dog? For a grand total of $25. It was a $25 optional donation that we made to uh, the North Shore Animal League, which, by the way, is now the North Shore Animal League of North America. If you say it's just the North Shore Animal League, they get very touchy about that. It is the North Shore Animal League of North America. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's a great place to get dogs and cats. Now you can get these exotic dogs, you know, I mean, these really, and they're expensive. And by, wow, people get very elaborate health care for their dogs and cats. I heard of a dog recently going for dialysis. Isn't that a little much? I I, I, I love dogs, but uh, dialysis? That doesn't sound, I mean, I don't know. So remember, this would not be happening. And the media, they don't want to talk about that. They had a lot to do with getting Joe Biden in, sabotaging the Trump presidency, sabotaging it every step of the way. And now it's Joe Biden. Is Was it worth it? Was it worth it, I wonder? I don't think, I don't, I can't imagine anybody sacrificing their integrity for Joe Biden who is about as dumb as they come. And let's face it, I'm pretty sure he's corrupt. And you know who had real grave doubts about corruption in the Biden family, in Vice President's Biden family, when he was vice president? The ambassador to Ukraine. They had to pull it out of her. This is Ambassador Yovanovitch. She was a swamp favorite for a house. Well, uh, why? Uh, because she turned on Trump, and that that that's the ultimate credential down there. Cut or not really? It's a prerequisite, I should say. Cut forty-two, please. Do you understand that that arrangement, Hunter Biden's um, role on the Burisma board, caused him enough concern that, as he testified in uh, his statement, that in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interest. He went on to talk about the vice president's responsibilities over the Ukraine and or over Ukraine, Ukrainian policy as one of those factors. Do you recall that? 
Yes. Did you ever, do you agree with that? Yeah. That it was a legitimate concern to raise? I, I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest. You really had to pull it out of her. You had to pull it out of her. And they were, she wouldn't go further than that. The appearance of a conflict of interest. Yes, we acknowledge that it could have created the appearance of a conflict of interest that Joe Biden's son was doing so much business in Ukraine with shady companies and Joe Biden was <laughs> in charge of Ukraine. Why would he get messed up with Ukraine, by the way? Which at the time, and it's made strides since, at the time was considered one of the top three most corrupt countries in the world. Why would he want that country? Because it was one of the top three most corrupt countries in the world. The other one was Colombia in South America. I'm not sure what the, there's another one, a third. Uh, an accounting firm made that determination. So, hey, Joe Biden is speaking right now. I want to hear this. I want to hear it for a second. We'll see if it's interesting, and then we'll get the hell out of it. All right, ready, go. For example, we're doing more to help survivors in rural areas and in underserved communities. Tribal courts will now be able to exercise jurisdiction over non-native perpetrators of sexual assault and sex trafficking. And we're providing more support for legal services and for law enforcement to get the training they need to help handle the trauma survivors are experiencing. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Give it up, Joe. Just give it up. That's not that that's a man in decline. I'm sorry. What time is what time is it? It's two thirty. It's two thirty in the afternoon. He sounds like it's midnight and he's been drinking. I'm sorry. One more time. One more time. Republicans. Two elements of that agenda are, one, beat the opioid epidemic, and two, take on the challenges of mental health, which have been exacerbated because of the COVID problem. This bill supports opioid response. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's always about some bill. It's always about some. It's always going to happen. The federal government, it's a bit more limited than people think and what it can do. Sure, it can spend money. Sure, it can give you a grant. But can it really move the needle? Most of the time, it can only, it serves itself. A great, big, fat bureaucracy with great, big, fat bureaucrats, pass-the-buck bureaucrats. They think they're in charge. It's so, it's so anti-democratic. Look at those old paintings of our founding fathers with the Constitution, with the uh, Declaration of Independence. You think they had all these programs in mind? What was he just talking about? Training for rural uh, offices uh, regarding trauma? I mean, government can't be, can't do everything, Not and, and it shouldn't. I never hear anything about faith from Joe Biden. I only hear about how well he knows the Pope. I hear very little about faith, period. I, man, I think that's a shame. And it's the number one, it is the most powerful, it is, it's it's the be-all and end-all. God, Jesus, and <laughs> you start talking about that, ooh, you, stop it, shut up, you're going to offend somebody. Yo, God, why are you talking about that stuff? You're going to make somebody feel guilty. You're going to make somebody feel ashamed. That's not the point. 
this is a way to ensure your joy, ensure your peace, ensure tranquility. He will protect you, not harm you. And everything started changing for me. And by the way, they can change back. I was very good about reading the Bible. I was religious about reading the Bible. And you know what? Sometimes, I heard this from Tony Robbins, when you're doing great, you start to party a little bit. You know, hey, I'm doing great. I don't need anything. I've already met, you know. And when I don't read the Bible, I have a bad day. Literally, it's like that. It's almost like clockwork. And um, I need to change that. I invite you to try it. If you haven't, you're in for the... (laughs) You're in for the thrill of a lifetime, really. For me, it was the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. It's the King James Version. It's a traditional Bible. But he has little notes and explainers in there that help me a lot. Kind of, you know, just decode some of the language, which can be a little bit hard to understand. That's all. And everything started to change. And miracles started to happen. When you realize, gosh, God knows everything about me. Yes, and he loves me? Yes. Even because, even with all that bad stuff I did? Yes. He knows about, of course he knows about it. And he still loves me? Yes. Wow. But I'm still, I, okay, that's good to know, but I'm going to do my own thing. That, I'm just going to, you know, that's good to know, but I'll, I'll, I'll just be busy over here doing things my way. Why would you ever want to do that? It's like I said, if the boss of your company, if you found out the boss, the CEO, the top, top guy, knew everything about you, was obsessed with you, wanted to help you, knew everything you did. You're like, really? And he wants to have lunch with you right now. Okay, I guess. Sure. Wow. I'm in. He wants to give you a raise. He wants to help you. wants to... Oh, here's a catch. It's not your boss. It's not the CEO. It's God. Oh, you fooled me. No, no. It's even better. It's better than the CEO. Do you know what I mean? I hope so. Anyway, let me put that up. Let me uh, let me go to Gary. Gary is uh, Gary is in Manhattan. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, Greg. A little tidbit on the purchase of uh, Manhattan Island. I live across the street from Inwood Hill Park. If I walk down into the park and back of the baseball fields, adjacent to the soccer fields, is a boulder. On that boulder is a plaque that says, "This is the spot where the purchase of Manhattan Island was made from Peter Midwest for something about." Hey man, yeah, uh, you you we don't have your signal. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? How am I now? All right, no, not not too good. But I heard the the gist of that. There's a great big boulder in Inwood Park, and that's yeah. where the Indians sold the Dutch the island of Manhattan. Good to know. I always thought that happened downtown. I always thought that happened in Lower Manhattan, but it happened in your neighborhood. I got to Google that. Thank you, sir. Leo in Manhattan. Yes, uh, how you doing? Hi, Greg. Uh, you know Frank Severo, who was also in The Godfellas? Who? He was in The Godfather uh, as a Jenko Abanando. He said the line, uh, the, the revenge is best served uh, cold. But it's, uh, when you have the trilogy in a part two as a deleted, one of the deleted scenes. So he didn't make it to the final cut. I knew it. I was right. Yes, it wasn't in the final cut. That guy was wrong. It's not in the movie. All right. I knew it. I knew I would know that, and I didn't hear it, and I didn't know it, so I knew it had to be wrong. 
I'm not an expert. I know, well, I'm pretty damn close to one, but I know guys who know a lot more about The Godfather than me. Uh, Mr. Grasso, actually, although I stumped him. He knows everything about The Godfather. I stumped him. I said, okay, what's the license plate of the FBI's car that pulls up to the wedding where they bust uh, Jimmy Kahn's camera? Or Jimmy Kahn busts their camera? What's the license plate on that car? Nobody knows the answer to that question. Uh, Beth, Beth is, ooh, Beth in Kentucky. Is this our favorite, Beth? Well, this is Beth from Kentucky today. Oh, with the truck driving husband? Yes. He oh. went back to work, so I have some time. Oh, what a pity. How are you? Mm, it's a wonderful day. And I will say amen to what you were saying earlier. And how are you today? I'm fantabulous. Thank you for calling. Right. You know, we love your voice around here, and we love your approach to life. So uh, anyway, how are you? What's going on? What do you? What's on your mind? Well, hearing Biden, I called about the Godfather, but hang on. I think Biden needs to take his nappy out time when he starts to talk at 2.30 in the afternoon. It's time for his nap. It is, isn't it? He just, it's not, uh, it's just not, it's not working. How much longer? Is he still speaking, by the way? No, he's done. Maybe he's that, maybe he's napping right now. The, the people understand. People know this can't go on much longer, can it, Beth? Really, I'm serious. You would think. So what? One would think. Yes. Tell yeah. me more. You still working out? I understand you do the. You you told me you're on the elliptical all the time. That's the spinning wheel. I spin fiber, and I make yarn. Oh, somehow I thought you were this. Uh, I don't know. This hard body was working out all the time. Are you serious? I got that backwards. <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, I yarn. I knit and I weave with what I make. That's beautiful. What's, uh, I don't picture the Godfather and Southerners, you know, that doesn't really go together in my mind. Gosh, oh my gosh. I played at my wedding the theme song to the Godfather. Everybody freaked out, little country town, and it speaks softly love. And it is. A love song it was the very first song we played. I think we have a little of it right here, Beth, in honor of you and your... Uh... And the other song is the Godfather Waltz, Come Live Your Life With Me. And we played that one, too. Well, that's very nice. So a little tidbit on that. My f- that's it. That's the one we want to cry in. Now, why uh, this song? I mean, what did it mean to you? I love the Godfather, deeply. But it's another song. No one can buy tomorrow. No one can sell their sorrow. But when you look into my eyes, darling, you'll always see love. I will give you love. Come live your life with me. Wow. What can you say? Man, I think we just created some amazing art right here. You speaking those words with that music in the background. There you go. Could be your new theme song. <laughs> well, listen, hey, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but if you are on Twitter... Um, no, I'm not. I have better things to do. Well, <laughs> I should. I, me too, but I'm on it all the time. I, should, I I put some clips up. If you love The Godfather, you'll want to see these stories. You can look at it without joining Twitter. Well, I even have The Godfather, the anointed Godfather book. That has the first Godfather, word by word, um, the whole screenplay. I think I have that, too, and uh, a lot of it. Well, Beth. Oh, I have to do.
do say? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Nobody gets it. My favorite part of the movie is in Godfather 3 when uh, he turns around and says, just as I want to get out of here, they pull me back in. I remember that line. I, I didn't. Like I, I didn't like that movie. It was such a bust. It was so. It didn't look like the Godfather. It didn't feel like the Godfather. But it was an ending, period, to all of it. Yeah, they should have shot it in a totally different style, like truer to the first. Ver- I, I, I. It was like a cartoon compared to uh, Shakespeare. I just. I couldn't stand it, and it was a big bust. I saw it on Christmas Day in 1990. But Beth. So appreciate you calling again. Um, Dittos. All right. You take care. And remember, Miss Lacey said in the fourth grade, the Russians know how to take down America. It will be internally. That's what your teacher told you? In fourth grade, Mrs. Lacey. Wow. Wow. Well, I hated to say it. She was on to something, but we can't let that happen, Beth. You don't let it happen in Kentucky. I wouldn't let it happen in New York. To, to be continued, and I'll be right back. So does anybody else feel jerked around by uh, Tom Brady? He's uh, he's back in the league. He's playing again. Eight-page retirement letter. An eight-page retirement letter where he dissed New England Patriots. Not a word about them, or at least the coach. And it was all, I love the Buccaneers. I love the Buccaneers. And uh, anyway, he said he was retiring. He's back on uh, Mike Dodino, our football guy. What the hell happened? Brady was retired for a grand total of 40 days. So what was that all about? Did you think it was a, just a, a big stunt or something or what? Well, I, I've been pretty adamant on it since day one. He wasn't going to retire. He, I heard I heard some people say that. He led the NFL in pass yards and touchdowns this season. He's too good to retire. He doesn't go out like that after a bad loss. So why did he, uh, why did he go out like that for 40 days? I don't know. Maybe I think it was a little bit with Giselle, his wife, maybe his kids may have pushed him into an early retirement um, after a tough loss in the playoffs. Might have wanted to give it a little bit of a break, and then he realized that not yet, not yet. What about just getting more money out of Tampa Bay? Is that it? Uh, no, I don't think it's about the money for Tom. I don't know. I heard him say once, first of all, how much does he make, $25 million? I'd have to stat check that, but I would guess he's in that realm. I should, I mean... I hate to say this, but given what the money that he brings into the league and all that stuff, he's probably underpaid. And I heard him say once that, you know, I'm just an employee. I'm just an employee. Like, he doesn't own anything. He doesn't own a piece of the NFL. Maybe they had to incentivize him some way, like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. One year, 25 mil. See, that doesn't sound like an—you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but there are some idiots in the fake news who make that kind of money. I mean, real idiots. If you think about the jersey sales he comes, he brings in, the the, the amount of people he puts in the seats, the, the, the amount of revenue oh, he sh- yeah. brings in. I know, I know. Hey, do me a favor. Oh, shoot. Look, uh, guys have been on hold for a long time, and i got to go in a moment. So real quick, Mike, New York, go ahead. Two Godfather points. Yeah. The revenge quote was actually from a Star Trek movie. It was uttered by a Klingon. I don't recall which film. Actually, it was... Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and it was uttered by Khan himself. And he said it was a Klingon proverb, but I think that that line, though, goes back somewhere else. The Klingons didn't invent it. What's the other point? Godfather, in, in Godfather 1, in the beginning of the film, Sonny, at Connie's wedding, greets Don Barzino at the gate. Right over Don Barzino's right shoulder 
is Tony Lip Vallelonga, who was portrayed by Vigo Mortensen in Academy Award-winning Green Book. And he was also uh, Don Carmine in Sopranos. He was a real guy. He had I, – I, I'm from the Bronx. He was – he had a lot of cachet. In, in, he, he was a bouncer at um, Copacabana. Hey, he was a bouncer. All right. A lot of – he was a no. That's interesting, pal. What's this guy's name again? His real name? I'll look it up. Tony Lip. That was his nickname. Okay. Tony Lip Valalonga. Uh, all right, Mike. Have you ever I, seen Green Book? It's yeah, a great I did. Movie. Uh, it was okay. It was okay. Thanks, Mike, very much. Uh, real quick, Reese in Long Island. Yes. 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 Never mind. He's gone. Uh, last one, Mike in New Jersey. Yes. How you doing? Um. What about, you know, why do we get involved with all, I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved with Ukraine, okay? But what about the people of Ethiopia? What about, like, all those atrocities, China with the Uyghurs? I mean, that's, I think our problem is we need to police our own country before we start policing the world. What's, what's going on in Ethiopia that I don't know about right now? You don't know about the women that are raped and given AIDS? on purpose by all these guerrilla groups and people being murdered every Well, year. I think you're talking about Boko Haram, which is more active in Western Africa. Um, you know, I, I think you're talking about that. And that, unfortunately, is something that kind of happens with regularity. I don't know what the solution is to that, but I, I do know this, that sending in a bunch of American troops is not going to most likely fix that situation. You know what I mean, Mike? Seriously. It's not going to fix Russia either. Um, it's a more concrete mission, you know, it's more concrete. I kind of know what you're getting at here, though. You're talking about, well, why do we care more about people who is it? Is it a race thing? Is that what you're getting at? more to say about that tomorrow? Um, there's a there's a hint of it. But anyway, I got to go. Uh, Mike, thank you. And I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at seven. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.